Alrighty, hello and welcome to the Tailgate Talk. Today is Friday, July 24th, 2020. Baseball is indeed back. We are joined today by Evan Costello and Scott DiCapua. How are we doing, boys? Happy belated opening day, everybody. I'm hot. Real hot. It is hot in Arkansas where Evan is, uh, but a beautiful day out there today. And um, What have you been doing out there? Um, I've been stressing about work. Of course, um, a lot of a lot of changes, but no one cares. <laughs> uh, but I'm, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to coming back northeast real soon for vacation. But other than that, um, it's hot. That's what I've been doing. Is it's hot? Is my answer. It is indeed hot. Uh, sports are back though, so that's good. We've got plenty to talk about, and so we don't have to talk about work. So, uh, Scooter, how are you doing up there in Massachusetts, back home, uh, where the Red Sox are playing there tonight? It's muggy as hell, man. I, I think the ball is going to carry tonight. I'm expecting a large score from the Red Sox point rather than the Orioles. I mean, they don't have much going on in their hitting, but, you know, the dog days of summer feel real nice with baseball here. Yes, it is indeed hot. We are uh, kind of jumping right into the dog days of summer. You know, that 60-game sprint started last night in the nation's capital, and Giancarlo Stanton already left the building with uh, the league's first home run, so... Uh, did we catch the first game, boys? What were, what were our thoughts about uh, the first pitch from Dr. Fauci there? Um, he's got a noodle arm. <laughs> I, I really don't think that he's a baseball guy. But he was a point guard. I want to say it like St. John's. I need to see the mixtape. Oh, I bet he's wet. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like, did we really, did we really expect him to do anything with a baseball? I I guess uh, the worst is always when you like they have B-roll of them like warming up before the game and like he throws just fine. And then the worst part is that there weren't even fans in the stands to like, I mean, pressure credit, him, you know, credit to, yeah. credit to Twitter where someone was like, hey, he's got a mask on and he's making sure that nobody's catching anything. At least the man stays consistent. <laughs> I'm amazing. He even went out there. I'm absolutely shocked because he's. Very, very anti anything doing anything. So, like, <laughs> um, you know, good for him. To I think. There. I think he's trying to find a balance between doing what's necessary through shutdowns and trying to restart the economy. And I do think that he's making an effort to do that. But um, should definitely stick game, to science. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> stick to saving people's lives. <laughs> um, but you know, before the game, I really had the image of George Bush walking out there right after 9-11. And I had aspirations that was going to happen, but, you know, Fauci's noodle arm got in the way and <laughs> couldn't even reach the plate. You know, shoot, maybe it's man. a good thing it was thrown into the other uh, bow line. But, yeah, you know. As far as uh, actual gameplay, though, I mean, the game was really, really fun to watch. I mean, that Giancarlo had a bomb, an absolute yeah. bomb. Um, Scherzer pitched a gem, even though he was losing. Like, like he had ten strikeouts by the time the thunder started rolling around. What are you going to say to that? You can't say anything. And then, exactly, such Garrett a head case. Cole, Garrett Cole was is a nutcase. He's as like, I, and I hate to see uh. him a, a Boston Red Sox fan. I mean, he's so good. It's just it sucks. <laughs> he looks real good in the Yankee hat. Yeah. It, no, no, he does not. No, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's very fitting, and it pains me to say that because he's going to be there for a long time. What I'm, what I'm curious about is, I mean, he played in the Pirates, where he was literally the only thing on that team. Then he went down to the Strohs, and then he was like, "Oh, so this is what this clubhouse does." 
Okay. So this is what winners do. He went up to the Yankees and he was like, you want to see what I learned? Because, like, th- you guys are kind of cheating. Let me show you how it's really cheating. <laughs> yeah, did you see that video of uh, Aaron Judge was on second base and he was, like, leaning back and telling Giancarlo when was when the fast speed, when the off speed or the fastball was coming. Did you see that? Not no, I missed that. I mean, everybody does that. That's not right. Like, it, like that was on that was on Kurt Suzuki for not really hiding his signs and only doing the one thing. But yeah, yeah. But I guess that's okay if you're not using technology to do that. Yeah, right. That's part of the game. It, yeah. It's such a weird line to draw, and I don't know if Manfred's doing a great job at that. That interview with him and the, the lightning cracking over his shoulder yeah. last night too. That, <laughs> that was, was crazy. Uh, that was ominous, right? How fitting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one really talked about it, but the Nationals' jerseys were tough. Like, with that gold tint. Dude, I, I said that last night, yeah, too. That That's, like, my favorite new trend is, like, all those champions come back in their first, you know, those their first, that whole season they get to get all the gold stuff, and it it's nice. It's it's slick. Scherzer still creeps me out with those eyes. They pierce right through you. Yeah, both of them, like, with those different colors. It's I don't know how, like. Credit to Giancarlo for just pinging one 459 feet away because, like, it's scary to look at. Anyway, it's scary. It. It's scary to to face major league bat, major league pitching all the time. But uh, another guy who's pretty good at it is Mookie Betts, and he just signed uh, for some stupid money for a long time out in L.A. as well. So, what are our thoughts on um, you know uh, a guy who used to play for the Red Sox? Uh, same kind of thing as when Tom Brady went down to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's tough. Where mm, he could have done that. He I don't know about that. that. He could still be. I don't know. He just decided not to pay him. I mean, we could No, well, him. you got to factor in the implications of COVID in the market. I mean, they're undoubtedly going to affect who is going to have the ability to pay out after the season because I think clubs are working at, I want to say, 80% capacity or bringing in 80% of what they normally would have brought in. And – I mean, that's going to affect his price tag because he was asking for 400K or 400 million rather. And, you know, we, we now that we brought in high and bloom, we're going to be penny pinchers and, you know, find the money ball type players that get on base and produce runs. And I don't think that at the price tag, Mookie was justified to be brought back. But I hear that being you. said, that being said, I wouldn't put it past the Red Sox at least a week ago if they were targeting him in free agency after this season. I would have I would have thought he was going to go to the Mets. Like, hypothetically, hypothetically, let's say one of these three crazy power players buys the Mets. Let's say it's, let's say it's A-Rod. Let's say it's that guy who owns the Sands. Uh, Kelsey. Uh, no, Edelman, is that his name? No, Edelman. no, Kelsey oh. was in that group. I don't it was know Kelsey Erlacher and... Another football player. Well, regardless, like let's say one of these three power players buys the Mets and then actually puts some serious capital into it. I would not be the least bit surprised if Matt uh, Mookie went to the Mets and then that's like that's like an alliance between the Sox and the Mets that I, I'm living for. Because I mean, I'll root for the Mets if they ever play the Yankees. I'll root for the Mets if they play another team I don't like. But if Mookie, like I could, I don't know why anybody thought he was going to go anywhere else. I mean. The Dodgers, I'm looking at, like, serious statistics right now, and the, I'm pretty sure, like, this is their time. This this is the year of the year yeah. where the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. They are just Front. unbelievably stacked now with Mookie, and they don't even know it yet. Like, that's the stupid thing. 
They have no, <laughs> no I think they that. know it. I think they know it. Bellinger, you see that play that Bellinger induced? He was on third, and I think there was a runner on first, and there was a little drib- dribble. First and second. Pitcher. First and – no, I thought it was – he was on third, and there was a runner no, on first. No, because he traded one out for two runners in scoring position. Right, but that was the hitter that followed. Oh, yep. There you go. Yeah, so there was a little dribbler hit back to the pitcher, and he broke for home, and the pitcher decided instead to go to home instead of spinning the double play with one out. Right. Like, that, that to me is just brilliant baseball and something you cannot teach. I agree. And they're uh, everybody's World Series pick, but they're also my World Series pick. So uh, I'm booking that now here on opening day that uh, the Dodgers are going to win this World Series. I think what about the AL team? I think um, doesn't matter. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking enough. that I'm thinking that the Yankees might cross their path in a serious manner because the Yankees are also so stacked that they don't even like they really don't even know it. I mean, they are absolutely ridiculous. I, what the, the crazy thing is, I don't. I the reason that I'm saying that the Dodgers don't even know what they have because like. Mookie isn't even the best. Like he is, he was the best player on the Red Sox, and yet he's not even the best player in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good point. Wait, like, do they know that? <laughs> someone, <laughs> did someone tell them? Like, even their fifth and fourth outfielders, and I think Kike Hernandez and Matt Beattie. Um, Beattie, yeah, no, they're very solid players, and I'm sure that they could start anywhere else. They're Kike, great they mustache. Are- they are yes, hit a tank stacked. last night. So wait, let me hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There, I have. I'm showing on my computer that they have 13 players on their roster above like a rating of 90. Damn, that is wow. crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And one of them, quick little shout out to the tailgate talk. One of them is Ruzdar Gratterall, who favorited a tweet of ours recently. Two actually yeah. showing some love. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's whatever, man. It's whatever. Like, gracias, Bruce Dar. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for him joining us on a podcast conversation here soon. <laughs> Future guest. Um, aside from the Dodgers, I think another dark horse team. Well, not that the Dodgers are a dark horse, but I think another unassuming team that could do some damage is the Chicago White Sox. Ooh. And it seems like this is some sort of simulation because they haven't, they've been scraping penny to, pennies together. And, you know, since the trade with Chris sale, they've really been dwelling at the bottom of the league, but I'm looking at this team and they're stacked. They it's have a, a fantastic infield, probably one of the best in the league, to be honest, above average outfield and a, above good starting rotation. <laughs> But right now, I'm seeing, like, their key players. I'm seeing that uh, – I can't pronounce his name. Steve Sishek? Sishek. Sishek. He's gross. Jace Fry is gross. Yasmani Grandal is, like, a seasoned veteran that I think could do something. So is Abreu. But, like, in my opinion, Scott, like, that's kind of it. Like, Tim Anderson? No, no. Giolito. Giolito is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Gio Gonzalez had – He's on he's on the decline from a few years ago, but um Reynaldo Lopez, he's another guy to watch. He slings it. Um plus they've got Michael Kopeck they... on their rotation. I thought he opted out for the season. Did he? Yeah, he had some health issues. I don't uh, know if it was COVID related, but um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say they're good. They've got a 
like I'm gonna say that they're they, I think that that guy you mentioned is really their only their bullpen is Scott like really really good and I think their hitting too. is unbelievable. I think they have some serious people in the like that can produce some serious runs. People forget that Edwin is with them. Yeah, people forget. I think they're gonna do some damage. I'm I'm looking at this and I see Giolito as the one, Keiko as the two. Gio Gonzalez is a three, and maybe Reynaldo is a four. And they got a really good um, crop of catchers here, and James McCann and Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, Yasmani is like, very good. Those, those two guys are very good on both sides of the ball. I think James hit close to 300 last year. Cole, who's your, like, dark horse team that people are sleeping on? You can't pick the Yankees, and you cannot pick the Dodgers. Obviously. Or the White Sox. Yeah, you can't pick them either. Um, it has to be somebody else. You know, with this expanded, with this expanded <laughs> playoff format, dude. It, oh, it, don't say it. It can be pretty interesting. Don't I don't say it. I don't know, man. I don't. Don't I say just, it. I know what you're gonna say. What am I gonna say? You're gonna say the Red Sox. No, I don't. I really. Okay. No, I was. <laughs> I was gonna pick them. No, uh, I was gonna. I was gonna pick the Tempe Rays. Yeah. Yeah, because they already can play without in an environment with very little fans. Uh, their social media game has been taking a step up, so I'm wow. a big fan of that. You had to throw that in there. Huh? Uh, yeah, I really have no other reason to pick the Rays, but uh... so let's talk about the Rays. Hey, at least they're playing at home. <laughs> so let's, talk, let's talk about the Rays. So right now, I'm looking at they have four starting pitchers that are gross, absolutely gross. Probably leading I think three are Cy Young candidates. Blake Snell is fantastic. I'm looking at their bullpen, and I'm looking at Nick Anderson as being gross, Jose Alvarado, who's gross, and then Jalen Beeks, who is also disgusting. What I'm struggling to see there is their their infield the really isn't there. Like their G-Man Choi is pretty good. He's got a solid yeah, but club. That's, yeah, G-Man Choi One and beam. Yandy Diaz are good, but like that, I'm, I'm, I think that that's where they're going to run into trouble is that middle infield, and um, their outfield is decent. So they got Brandon Lowe and Hunter Renfro, like, we're going to need a little more than that. Their pitching is gross, and I think pitching is going to matter more in this season than perhaps ever in a season like this. So yeah, I agree. definitely yeah, I agree. have that. So I think can... Renfro, like, perennially hits below the Mendoza line, but hits moonshots. Like, <laughs> I, I think that his OPS is ridiculous because of his home runs. <laughs> so we got the, the White Sox and we got the Rays. My team that I think – people definitely need to look out for is the Braves. The Braves yep. are yep. so good. Um, I think they have a decent enough starting pitcher core. They have Cole Hamels. They have Mike Soroka. They have Max Fried or Free. I can't pronounce that, but they have Freed. some freaks of nature when it comes to the other like the bullpen, they have Jeremy Walker, they have Will Smith. That's a dope name. Um, <laughs> but like other than that, like they have all the pieces. The only downside is their boy Freddie Freeman coming down with the vid nineteen. We hate to see it. Don't sleep on well, those baby Braves, now, man. Right, and now they don't have either of their catchers. Right, they both yeah. those guys tested positive. So they I thought that they came down with symptoms, but they didn't test positive. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. But that will be very interesting and kind of like an emergency backup goalie in hockey. Like, 
who do you turn to to be the catcher? Like, you got to go to the bullpen catcher, right? Like, who's the next guy in line? They should sign me. That's what yeah, I'm, that's why I'm asking you, Scott, the catcher <laughs> on our podcast, is what like well like like who who is the next who is the next guy to catch for the Braves? <laughs> I have no idea. Keeping on the theme of dark horses here, who do you guys think is going to win the uh, comeback comeback player of the year? That is a good question. It cannot be anybody on the Astros. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Let's not. Let's I, all the way. By the way, let's not discredit who they are as a team because they still have talent out the asshole on that team. Like they're, they're also a serious contender for, you know, the off season. I don't know when it is because there's 60 games, but it's their team is so loaded for talent. Like, I I feel like any success that they've had is kind of like an eggshell where the eggshell is cracked and, you know, they only just took a hammer to that. (laughs) <laughs> if if you guys get my drift here, but like, yeah, that whole team front to back. I mean, even with Yuli Gurriel, who is thirty six, thirty seven, he's still raking. Old? He's very old. He he defected from Cuba, I want to say two three years ago, and he's been playing there his whole life. But um, I have a uh, a nice early pick for comeback player of the year. Yeah, who you got? I think it's going to be Gary Sanchez. Oh, yeah. And I think that's going to happen because he's going to rake like he did last year and he's going to improve defense like astronomically because how he works with Garrett Cole. Um, so fun fact, the Yankees actually brought in a coach with no professional baseball experience from Holy Cross over in Worcester. What's and that? he worked with the Minnesota Twins, I think, last season. And he worked with their catcher, Mitch Garver. And Throughout working with him, he improved his pop time and his frame yeah. rate, which are two very new metrics to the sport of baseball. Like it's it's very hard to quantify how a catcher measures success. Yeah. But sure enough, I think they took point four point five seconds off Mitch Damn. Garver's um, exchange time. I mean his pop time, and the Yankees just brought him over, and they, he's actually been working with Gary all off season on receiving the ball. And you'll see it in the game. He'll be on him one knee, even with runners on first. Yeah. And it's 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 better because he lowers his angle on the pitch and it creates that optical illusion to the umpire that it's closer to being a strike, even though it's in the same spot. But I think that he looks very thin. I think a lot of the Yankees look very lean right now. And I'm shaking in my boots about it. <laughs> well, like you said, like it really helps – to have a pitcher like Garrett Cole come in and, you know, yep, he doesn't yep. need much help to have a lot of success. So he's not going to miss like, a lot either, you know? So, well, and even when he did, Angel Hernandez gave him the benefit of the doubt last night. So, you know, yeah. Right. Really happy that baseball's think? back, honestly. Really oh, happy that baseball is back. And uh, the Red Sox will be playing at Fenway Park. Um, and I would love to be there, but obviously that's not going to happen. But um, it's pretty awesome that baseball is indeed back. That That promo video that came out, uh, it was, I think it was Matt Vashkirjan's words, but somebody else narrated it. Was it the but John it, Hamm one? Like, no, it, no, it was, can you hear it? Like, but nope, no. Shoot. I, I think forget, it was John Hamm. who said it. Was it no, John it was John Hamm. Hamm. It was John Hamm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely cried. 
I definitely cried watching oh. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last two words, I forget exactly what they were, but he's like, we're happy you're back or something like that. It's so good to see you, old friend. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I cried. That I cried watching that. That, ba- that baseball is back. Absolutely. All right. So before we get off the topic of baseball, let's talk about your three teams. So I, we did this in the last episode, and I just kind of like talking about dumpster fires. So let's talk about, like, teams that, like, might as well stay home this season. So give me your top <laughs> three teams that aren't, like, just shouldn't even field a team. Well, I can tell you right now that the Toronto Blue Jays cannot stay home. But <laughs> I don't know how playing in Buffalo is going to be. That's, that's going to be uh, that a, a weird dynamic. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's so Park, right? Like, that's, so that's, it's a triple-A park. So what are the differences? Is it the lighting? Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got I to gotta give, gotta give a credit to me situation. So a while ago, I wrote a bunch of things called the expansion series. It's like yes. literally halfway done. And I was about to write about like the areas within the country that actually would greatly benefit from another expansion team, much like Seattle. Shout out to Seattle Kraken. I'm buying a jersey the second they come on sale because I know that we need more expansion teams. Yes. Another thing on top of that. There was a conspiracy theory I heard that this Sam Adelston, Edelman, whatever the hell his name is, he's a Boston guy. Shout out him. The owner is of that the, the Phantom team. Gourmet guy? What? Is that the Phantom Gourmet guy? No, no. This guy owns no Sam. The... No, no. The, no. This guy owns the San, uh, Sands. So it's a, a casino uh, empire. Oh. It's the Venetian. It's Sands Macau, Sands uh, Bethlehem. Like it's a bunch of casinos. If he buys the Mets. He's bringing them to Las Vegas, which I wrote about. Like, we want a baseball team in Vegas. There's definitely fans there. If they brought hockey there, they can bring baseball. And now the Blue Jays have been annexed from Canada, and they are playing in Buffalo, which I said should have a team. Exiled. I'm telling you, just give – just take all of my things and make them law at this point. (laughs) I think that's what – I really wish that – I wish that they played in Connecticut. That would have been great. Sure. Give them a team, too. They have a sizable population. Ah, well. So, no, no. The Yard Goats. They play at Dunkin' Donuts Park. Oh, yeah. They got the the motto of eat it up, by the way. But, um, so their park is modeled, I think, after Fenway. But the dimensions are obviously very different. But that thing is so nice. And they've been gentrifying that area a lot in West Hartford. Dude, I oh, yeah, love you would know that. baseball. I, I'm, it's, it's I'm fun. I was going to say it. I love it. Because you, you don't go in with any, any expectations that they're going to perform like the guys you see on TV. It's just baseball for the hell of it. It's just like it's just good baseball. You know what I mean? Like I, I always yeah. like any like sub-professional or minor league versions of baseball because they're just – it's actual teamwork. It's grind. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, I love college basketball more than professional basketball, but like the G League is trash because they're all playing <laughs> – they're playing on a – that's like the most personal level of sporting event you can see. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of on a team. I'm going to play harder than anybody else on this team to then make it, or I'm going to be 7-2 and I'm going to name myself Taco Fall. Like that's just – that is what it is, but – I'm sorry, I had to get off topic because we were just still talking about baseball. But back, Scott, back to you about, um, you know, your your dumpster fire of uh, organization this year for baseball. Oh, yeah. Three teams that shouldn't even play. Do I have to give three teams or are we each going to give one team? We're each going to give one. Sorry, I should have specified that. 
Give me two. Actually. So I like variety. I got one, and they played last night. Actually, um, I feel so bad for the reigning champs in the Nets. You know, they already lost Zimmerman and um, Rendon this off season. Yeah. I, I think Rendon signed with the Angels, and the other guy opted out. But um, they just lost Juan Soto actually, and that's a big hit, obviously, because he's the heart of their lineup and. You know, going through their lineup last night, they're a bunch of nobodies. Like Adam Eaton <laughs> is, I think, the guy with the senior most senior most. Um, fuck, who's my trade of thought? Tenure. Here? Yeah, he's he's got the senior most tenure on the team, and uh, you know he had a hell of a game. But you can't win a game with Eric Taines as your cleanup hitter. Like he, that guy's a meat stick, and you cannot leave anything over the dish to him. But Roman off speed and he looks like a mess. I think they got, like, they still have some decent talent. I mean, they still got they still got Scherzer, they still got Strasburg. Yeah, they got a very good rotation, they and that's going to get them far. A couple of really good relievers. Um, they have Trey Turner. Is that why I saying it Trey or Tree? Yeah, Trey, Trey, Trey Turner. He's really good. Adam Eaton. Wait, did you have the one of the guys you said that we lost? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. But I mean, other than that, I just it's it's a very unassuming lineup and it doesn't have any bite to it true but i mean one of the hardest thing and my friend uh molter back at school he said like one of the hardest things to do is bring it year after year after winning a title especially in the world series like basketball you can create a dynasty football you can hockey is hard but there's nothing harder than having the same energy after winning a, a ring in baseball so like i don't even like are will they be as good as they were last year with their same lineup, yeah. Like, I think they have that potential. But just to bring that same energy one year after is so hard. Like, it's so hard. Especially well, the run they went on to even make the playoffs. And right. Make, yeah. You know, even make exactly. the postseason. And then it went all seven games in the World Series, too. So, they had the shortest offseason. But then all of a sudden it got extended. But, you know, it, that, that definitely takes a toll. And, you know, even all the energy you just expelled, that group isn't going to be quite the same. You know, because you guys got you got guys leaving, you guys got retiring, you got now guys opting out. You know, so it's never going to be the same exact roster, and that's always tough too. This season's going to be such a shit show because nobody knows how to predict anything. Like nobody any knows. conventional wisdom for a hundred and sixty game season is out the window, and I think this could be the season that we see somebody hit four hundred. I mean, it's a small sample size, obviously, but I think. Hmm. That we're going to be seeing a lot of records being broken for a year. Even yeah, but de- I feel like same. those are right. Rec- no, I hate this conversation. No, I mean, we're going to, we're going to see asterisks for what that's they what are. That's what I was going to say, Cole. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a record that we're, we're going to see them for what they are. Yeah. So Cole, what about your team? Uh, my dumpster fire team this year, I'm just going to pick the Pittsburgh pirates because uh, I feel like it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the one guy I do know, the one, the one guy I am a fan of is obviously Cole. His name is Cole Tucker. Um, but he's got insane flow, like Afro flow. Um, but I think he's kind of like their best player over there. So, Speaking think... of flow, how about Dustin May? Dustin May. That dude hucks. I mean. Dustin look... May, the ginger guard. I'm looking he at. He started their... for the Dodgers last night. I'm looking at their roster. Oh, that guy. I'm looking at their his, roster. His right circle now. change is really working for him. Sorry, go ahead, Ev. No, my bad. I'm looking at their roster right now, and they're not that bad. They're bad, but like, they're, like I mean, they still have, they have Chris Archer. <laughs> they have Chris Archer. Oh, yeah, yeah, but 
that that trade from Tampa Bay was highway robbery. Yeah. And then I, I just don't get how you can value a guy like Chris Archer more so than Glass now and Meadows. Like that to me just shows you how innovative Hyde Bloom is with his acquisitions. So they get they also got this guy named Nick Birdie who's supposed to be pretty good. He's a pitcher, reliever. Um, and then that for their outfield and their infield, they don't have an outfield. They have Gregory Polanco. That's it. And then in the infield, they have Josh Bell, at, which is a weird quasi version of Drake and Josh. But um, they have him at first base. So my dumpster fire team is everybody's dumpster fire team, which is the Orioles. Um, <laughs> they have no one. They have They're just no so one. easy to pick on. I'm sorry. It's just it, it, I, I know it's it, it's easy, but it, it's actually you know what. Scott, you're right. It's almost too easy. So I'm going to go with my second option. I'm going to go with the Royals. Ooh. They... That's a good pick. It's like one of the... It's a good pick because you don't think about it. Like, no, yeah. no one to... There is nobody to pick on. Like, they, they, they don't really have a lot there. I'm, let me just see my sheet here. They... Uh... I think we... Salvador Perez is a comeback player that you can date, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy rakes. Um, I'm showing that their best player is this guy named Ian Kennedy. He's a closer. And then, he's good. Yeah, he's real he's good. good. And then Alex Gordon, like an up-and-coming left fielder. I'm showing that he's, he's a vet. And then this other guy, Greg Holland. But they don't have any starting pitchers whatsoever. They, I miss Whit, Moose. Whit Merrifield. No, Moose isn't on their team anymore. I know. I'm it's, saying I miss him. Like, I'm, I, that's yeah, the, yeah. yeah. That's the closest baseball team I have out in Arkansas. And, you know, Moose. He was a good Moose. guy. Moose. We're going to do a Whit Merrifield, though. Yeah, he's good. That that guy hit litter hit, hit leader, I think, from last season. So then took him anywhere in the field. We're gonna go around the horn one more time. I think that another team that I think isn't gonna be very good in the slightest is the Rangers. Hmm. I don't know about that. They made some really good moves off this off season. And got some fire jerseys. Yeah, yeah, that too. So, so I, they picked right up now, showing that they, um, got, they got Kluber. He's gross. Joey Gallo. Yep. Danny Santana. Mazzara. No, Mazzara's on Chicago. Shinsu Chu. One of my favorite names in baseball. It's a great name. I can't even say it. <laughs> Did I say it right? I said it right, right? No, you Shin said it right. Shinsu Chu. Yeah. Shin. Shin. Shit. Shinsu Chu. Shinsu Chu. Yeah. The boy. Let's just call him that. <laughs> Alrighty, and now it's time for everybody's new favorite segment, Bucky's Breakdowns. We are joined uh, by our friend Jeff uh, from back home in, in Hopedale, Massachusetts today. How we doing there, pal? Hey, guys. You know, I'm uh, just excited to be a part of this. Uh, you know, just want to thank you guys for, for having me on and Let's get down to it. Let's get right down to it. How's Waylon? He's uh, it's not small. Yeah, no, we. That's yeah, yeah. He could probably hear me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the friendly pub. Well, we've got baseball at Fenway Park. We are here uh, in the bottom of the third inning. Currently, we're gonna uh, get a little breakdown going. So, um, baseball is happening at Fenway. Thought boys, thoughts. You know, it's definitely uh, a little surreal seeing the empty stands there. Can't say I've ever seen that yeah. before. 
especially with the Sox playing, but you know. They got to get the crowd noise much more realistic because Vasquez just got picked off like it was no, like it was no thing. And the crowd noise was like, yeah, uh." (laughs) like if we were there, we'd be like, you suck. Like, that's horrible. Be better. (laughs) Figure it out. So, I mean, the thing I kind of like about the lack of crowd noise is you can hear a lot more of the game. You know, like you'd be able to hear those guys yelling at each other if they were, if uh, they were drawn back and forth, or you know, hearing guys out of the dugout, stuff like that. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting stuff you wouldn't hear normally. O'Brien pointed out something, and um, it it was when I think Evaldi tried picking somebody off at first base, and the first base coach said, like through his mask, "Hey, that's his best move," meaning that it can't get any better than that in terms of a. like a pickoff move, and right. next pitch, the guy took off and stole a bag. So you're saying that's not not a uh, C minus. It is most certainly an A plus, A plus move. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? Like, let's say we were millionaires and we got to sit like somewhere when because no one. Listen, Evan, don't don't act like you don't have to pretend. Seriously, like, think about how unreal the bat crack would be. Like, to be the only one in the stadium? Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear a big old bat crack. Jeff, tell me what you think of the starting lineup. Uh, Well, Nathan Ivaldi just threw absolute shit at 99. Uh, But I guess we'll just let that one go. Yeah, he did that. He did that. Starting lineup looks uh, pretty familiar, Uh, you know, besides the three hole. But, um,. I don't know. I mean, I like Benny in the one spot. Yeah, definitely going to be a good player to have there. I hate it. I hate it. Sneaky power. I hate it. Why? He needs to be our five hitter. Five? Five hitter? Yep. I think there's one person on the team that rivals Mookie Betts' speed and plate discipline and OBP. And I think that guy is Andrew Bogarts. I want to say I want to say Mookie was thirteenth in the league in OPS last season. You know who was fifteen? Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts. Like that's how close they are, and I think that he has a slight advantage in a forty-yard dash over Mookie Betts. Actually. So Jeff, what do you think about the nine spot? Uh, I don't know anything about this guy. Played for. Um... Played for Cincy, I guess. Uh, got a lot of bats. You know, uh, not a stand-up average, but, I mean, what more can you really ask for from the, you know, the uh, number two leadoff hitter? So, Jeff, here's my question, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm not nearly as well-rounded in baseball as the other three of you because, I mean – if nature had its way, I probably should have never put on a glove, but be that as it may, um, if you're a GM or you're a head coach right now, how are you adjusting your gameplay experience given that there's only 60 games? It's like, what are you doing differently? Uh, so if you – I don't know. So if you compare it to, like, uh, in college, we played, like, 52 games, right? So you got to put your best guys out there. Uh, I mean – the lineup is 
obviously going to fluctuate. You're not going to have your best lineup day one, and that goes for any team. Uh, you know, they didn't have any pre. They haven't had a pre. They haven't played a live game since what the middle of March. So, you know, it's difficult to know what you're going to get four or five months later, and you know, move forward with the same lineup you had then. Uh, and it all stems back to what those guys did while they were off and, you know, how they stayed in shape. But you got to put your best guys out there for 60 games, and it's going to be difficult if any of those guys, you know, test positive or someone gets hurt. Uh, if test positive, you're out for two weeks. You know, if you're, uh, if you're a pitcher or if you're – an outfielder, how are you going to stay sharp and quick for those two weeks that you're out and you can't practice, can't play? It's going to be difficult. You're going to need another week to get back to, to playing speed, not seeing a live at bat for two weeks. At the least uh, one week. Yeah, I mean. Maybe more for Erod. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that was my next question. So one of the biggest changes I think that's going to have to be made is your pitching rotation. So I mean like with 60 games, three outs or two innings or three innings on any given side of the ball is going to be seriously quantified. And it's like, it has to be more deeply measured rather than having like somebody get some reps. But Scott, what do you think about the new schedule going into uh, like with the 16 play uh, 16 teams going into the postseason? I'm a fan of it because this whole season is such a crap shoot. I mean, so bad. God damn. If if you're gonna have a small sample size, you might as well widen up the pool of players, the pool of teams in the postseason. Like, I I only feel like it's right to do that. Do you think but, the Sox got a better shot? Well, yeah, but I I think that the issue now is gonna get by, is going to get by the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that's a big in division hurdle to overcome. My sleeper team. Yeah, that's true. So Jeff. Um, earlier we talked about like our sleeper team that no one's really talking about. And then we also talked about like two just absolute dumpster fire teams that shouldn't even feel the team at all this season. So what, who do you got? Like a team that no one's really talking about that could go really far in this 60 game quasi season. What are you thinking? The Reds? I think anyone, anyone could take the, play, take the cake. If you have your lineup, you know, just dominate, absolutely dominate for the p- first two weeks, and you run away and start on top with uh, with a good lead in your uh, division. Then who's going to catch up with sixty games? But I think at the sixty game mark, the proverbial um, cream of the crop really rises to the top, even within that short of a time frame. So, Scott, what I was saying earlier that I was completely stuttering over is that by the end of the season, you were saying that there's potential for a lot of teams to perhaps hit, like, 400 hitting. Like, some, we're going to see some serious, like, record-breaking stats, but, like, you got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, you're not going to see the 50 home run seasons that you're accustomed to, but small sample size, it could really impact a lot of the – holistic and percentage-based stats that we're seeing in today's game. 
Yeah, see, like, right now, in a couple weeks, we'd be going into the dog days of the season where, you know, people are starting to take breaks. If you're in a good spot, you're going to start to, you know, rest a few guys, let guys take days off. And, you know, all these guys are fresh. So you're going to see the best they've got for 60 games, and there's there's nothing in the way of that. You know, if you play – when you play 162 games – Obviously, it's going to wear on your body, but who says that that's going to translate now? Or I think inversely, what could happen is that people seem to feel raw when they play like a like an early spring training game. But I guess we're going to get a better idea of that in the coming days. So, Cole, what do we think of our middle infield? Because I feel like Chavis is going to be split in some innings. Like, I don't know I don't know if he's the guy yet. I mean, I think he was the guy last year, but I don't know if he's the guy yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what he does. He's you know, he's playing first tonight. We've got the Peraza in there at second tonight. So it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I am glad that they've got a long term shortstop in Xander Bogarts at least. You know, like we were saying, he's the best hitter on the team right now, probably. So um I'm confident in him. 2026 exactly right like that's a stupid amount of time it feels like but Mookie Betts's contract is even longer than that but um I'm glad I'm glad Xander's there I am I am concerned about who's going to fill the second baseman hole that Justin Pedroia left a couple of years ago but um you know still playing don't put it past him I know I I was saying I don't playing right now I don't want him to I don't know if that's just me but like he'd be a great bench coach he needs, yeah, to, be a, he needs he to be a pitching not, coach. Like, <laughs> yes, he, yes. He, he does. Like, can we just all, like, as Boston fans, can we just admit that, like, it ain't there? Like, it's just kind of going to be sad. I don't want to say that. I'm not going to no, say that. No, yet. it's not. I'm not going to say Dude, that. Dude, Evan, been... I'm with you 100%. Thank you. I mean, like, it's. I don't want to see that guy back on the field. I'm sorry. He's a great player. He's past his prime. It's over. Like, he, like here's the thing. Like, David Ortiz. Pivotal player. He quits at like a perfect time. Like he knew his career was in decline, and he didn't want. No, he was like, coming off a career year when he retired. But like he, that, he knew that that was it. You know what I mean? Like Dustin. I I don't think he could have achieved anything more. I think that's more of the reasoning behind it. Dustin couldn't exactly. win either. He's been plagued with injury for what two years. Fuck I don't want fucking Machado like, slide. Yeah, it was Machado's fault. It, he he didn't know when he was going to end. He could he would still be playing if it wasn't for that play. Says who? Yeah. Who? Well, he wouldn't have not. been on the DL since then. I don't want him to be like another David Wright on the Mets, where like he's just he's just always going to be around. He's just going to keep like he's just going to be on the payroll, and then he's just going to be remembered as like, oh, okay, we're going to have one last night for him, and then he's going to play one. He's going to take infield outfield before the game at short, I mean, second base, and then that'll be it. Like, I want to remember him fondly. I don't want to remember him as, like, the guy who was on the roster but was never there. I, I think, like, I think he's done. Like, I, he's a true Boston guy in through and through, and he, like, he did a lot for you and I and the rest of us in this podcast because he gave us rings. Like, he he's a key Boston player, and I hope his number is up there on the rafters. But, like, he he doesn't have it anymore, and – I'm not saying that the guys who are playing second out there do now, and they're not even going to compare to Dustin. But I don't, I don't want to see him on the field again. I think he's. It's not a matter of always past his prime. It's just like 
you're you're injured. You're older. You don't need to be out there. I think they're grooming a guy for the next second base change. I think that guy is Jeter Downs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I saw that. He natural shortstop, but the dude can play probably anywhere in the field. But he looks real good, and he's got that nice uppercut swing. He'd do a lot of damage with that wall on left. So, um, we have an issue here. So we have we have Evaldi on the mound tonight, proven veteran, solid player, gone through Tommy John a couple times, but he's been proven to keep a consistent speed. Our other starter is coming down with COVID or came down with COVID, and even further, he had some heart issues today. Anyone see that? That's crazy. Yep. So what are we gonna do? Like we need <laughs> we need more guys. We need a starting pitcher. What's gonna happen? Have a four-man rotation with an opener on the fifth, and just Who have it be a bullpen on day. I don't even know. Oh, Colin McHugh opted out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, I couldn't even tell you. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't know about you guys, but I want to watch this guy with the red beard just continue to throw away pitches. I don't know, what, like I'm really enjoying him just shitting the bed on live TV. It's, Phenomenal to watch. It's not because of the red beard, though. But no, I am a fan of oh, the. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't mean to bring it there. The My bad. Three. I am. A, I am a fan of the Jesus. three batter minimums uh, that you have to do now this year. You know, it, it kind of forces managers to kind of think three batters ahead instead of just throwing a throwing a lefty guy and then switching for a righty guy and then bring another lefty in just just to play the matchups there. Huh. See, I'm not a fan of that. No. No, I mean. You got guys in your bullpen for a reason. And if you want a lefty to face a lefty, then it should be that, you know, you should be able to do that. The whole, I, I agree with the, the pitch clock, right? Yeah. But trying to, trying to keep up the pace of play that way, I think it's going to really, you know, put some teams at a disadvantage. Whereas you could come, you could have a lefty-lefty matchup and the guy could be unstoppable, right? But then he's got to face a righty on the next time and two more righties, mm-hmm. right? Back-to-back homers. Oof. Yeah. If he's throwing meatballs, <laughs> but the guy – but the lefty can't see the ball out of the out of his hand. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like – I don't know. I, I don't put too much stock into that. Like, yeah, it's, it's obviously a different feel when you're a batter, and it's going to affect how you expect the ball to come. But, I mean, you're throwing against guys – that hit on both sides of the plate and you're going to be hitting against guys that throw from both sides. Like, I don't know. I guess yeah, that, but you know, you're a righty. So that immediate shock value, I guess is very different. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a mental game as well, but you know, as, as a righty, the only time I was nervous about facing, you know, which side of the ball, which side, the man a pitcher was throwing from was if a righty was throwing sidearm and, you know, it started behind my left ass cheek. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's the only time I was worried about it because, oh, like, hey, I might get pegged. <laughs> but whatever. The sliders, too. They used to move, man. So like they'll they'll look like they're gonna land behind you and then they'll dart to the other side of the like the box, right? It's like a frisbee. Yeah. So what does everyone think about uh, 
every team having a DH. It's good for the game. Unless you're season. Madison Bumgarner, I think it's a waste of time. You mean Mason Saunders? For... <laughs> no, Mad Bum hits tanks. So, if I think it's a waste of time to have a pitcher hit unless, you know, he's proven in the box. I like it this season. It's just less moving pieces. Dude, this guy, Carroll, just walked in a run, and I think that their coach might leave him here in Boston. <laughs> and I think just to make matters worse, he might take away his mask and being like, I hope you catch something. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, I hope you go to the nearest, like, tea station and have someone sneeze on you because you just walked in a run on opening day. Thank you for nothing. <laughs> but anyways, I love the idea of – having everybody have a DH because I'm tired of seeing like, did anybody, did anyone remember the world series when Eduardo Rodriguez stood up there and he looked like the blonde guy from bench warmers holding a sword <laughs> with a baseball bat? Like, come I on. Am 12. Like, <laughs> that was a tough everybody look. That same advantage. Yeah. I mean, Hey, maybe we'll see some more, uh, some more long balls, right? Chicks dead long ball. They indeed do. <laughs> Can can can't confirm, but won't deny. <laughs> oh, and the balls are not juiced, by the way. Oh, right. But they're like, no, they're not juiced. Says who? Pitchers are, pitchers are just missing high. It's all that juice in it that's making them do that. No, <laughs> right? No, so they're you, all thrown like ninety nine nowadays, and they're all missing high. And you just get underneath the ball and hit. You're swinging on a different plane too. Hey, the faster it comes out, further it goes, baby. Yeah. Ooh, we'll see you. But, um, yeah, no, they're definitely juiced. No, uh, they're not. The MLB has to make some money back, so you got to get your ratings up somehow. Fucking juice the balls. Even if they are, who the hell cares? It's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think a good All way right, to get everybody's money out. back is if the commissioner of the MLB was like, hey, this is steroids. Try it. Watch <laughs> what happens. You're welcome. And then just one whole season of everyone hitting absolute bombs. And then the next season, they were like, don't tell anyone. To be honest, I wish we were the age we are now during the steroid era. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It would have been so much fun to watch. The home run race with McGuire and Sosa, like, that would be so awesome to see live. (laughs) That would be so sick. I really wish that I saw the home run derby at Fenway. Yes. When he was just peppering them under the highway. <laughs> Wild. Wild. It's insane. My father was telling me that someone ran a stat line back in the day on how many home runs McGuire would hit at Fenway if he had the same amount of home games there. Oh, my gosh. He would have hit less. No way. You want to know why? Yes. Because his home runs were line drives and they wouldn't have made it over line the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they still go up. All right, let's talk about uh, NBA and the bubble and the lack of positive tests that have come out of the NBA, I guess. I guess uh, they finally cracked down on guys going to pick up their DoorDash order outside of the bubble. So uh, that's a positive sign, right? Don't they have a hotline where you can anonymously (laughs) paddle on somebody else? The snitch hotline. Yeah, that is. I mean, that could keep people honest, though. Like, I know it's kind of like having a – having a snitch in the squad, but like, that's going to keep people honest. 
I think so. Like, you can't play around with it, especially in Florida. But it's amazing that as that state is rising, they've kept everything in Disney World under locks. So I guess the bubble works, I want to say. I think it works because there's only, like, think about it. There's 364 confirmed negative tests. Like, that is how many people it takes to run the NBA. That's how many essential workers it takes to run that. 364 right. people is like three, three and a half football teams. Like, and the half is the Chargers that has to field 50 players. Like, that's, that's what you're dealing with. Like, that, that, that's why, like, that's why the bubble works. Because, like, if you put, if you put serious people behind it, you can definitely produce something that could work. But, like, that could never happen in the MLB. It could never happen. And it certainly could not happen in the NFL. The NHL could probably pull it off. But, like, I feel like the NHL is like, we're just going to sack up and we'll play through any kind of, we'll play through anything. We're the NHL. I'm excited for that too, but I know nothing. I think, like, I don't know enough about hockey to, you know, I'll figure it out. I think the zero positives is is just a testament to how much of a G Adam Silver is. Like, that guy is such a player's person and he opens up a lot of dialogue with the players. I think they sent out a tweet before they came up with, no, they, they didn't send out a tweet. They sent out a text to everybody that's playing in the NBA, trying to gauge interest in what they want to do for the season. Like that's really a people person. And he's running this like a quasi politician. <laughs> that big bald head, man. He's got a lot of ideas in there. He's the goat, man. He's the best commissioner <laughs> in sports right now. Yeah, it's true. No one wants to talk about it. Not a lot of good no. competition for him. But uh, no, no, I agree. The uh, the bubble is definitely a, a weird aspect, but it right it, it works on paper. So if that's what you got to do, it's what you got to do. And like we said, the NHL is kind of doing that. And Evan mentioned this already, but the expansion series kind of going out to Seattle. And uh, what, what do we think about those logos and the colors and the jerseys for the new love NHL it, team? Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, it's. I'm. I think the the general zeitgeist of sports is so quick with a wit for judgment when it comes to jerseys mm-hmm. and names. So, like, you for example, you have like the when the Golden Knights came out, everyone was like, like that meme where the girl tries the white claw. They were like, ew. Wait a minute. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Kombucha girl. <laughs> Kombucha yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like. I feel like with the Kraken, I only saw like a few people that were like, ew. But then everybody else was like, yes. Like right. that looks so cool. I love the – they don't have that color scheme in the end of NHL. I just stuttered there real bad. It looks like the Titans. Like it, they, it looks so good. It looks so good. I'm a huge fan. On the other, I think that main logo – oh, sorry, go ahead. On the, no, 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 no. Keep going. I was just going to talk about the Washington Football Club real quick. Yeah, we can get that next. Well, but no, keep going. I what think you're talking that, about. Yeah. I think that the Kraken logo is an enigma. And genuinely, I cannot place the animal's face on that. Like, it's so confusing to me because it looks like a tentacle with an eye at where the hand would be. And I keep yeah. looking at it like five different ways. I think it was that tweet that you sent, Cole, where it was that like it broke down the logo, the logo anatomy. Let me let me bring that up. Yeah, bring that up and take a look at it. The video, the video does actually. I at least I gather it right away. But I see where you're saying where like yeah, the tentacle comes up and then all of a sudden the eye is there 
and it's like, well, how does that really happen? But <clears throat> that's another one of my favorite things. We talked about that off air is uh, the logo anatomy, like break down like the crest and like the little carve out of the, you know, the bevel on the, on the logo and, and the color scheme and how everything has a meaning, but <laughs> like so sports logo, like what? <laughs> so I'm looking at this and there's an arrow pointing to the eye and the tentacle. And in all caps, it says the eye of the beast. <laughs> and underneath it, it says, if you've seen it, it's already too late. The eye of the Kraken has already been affixed on its prey for some time. Its strike will be swift and devastating. Its opposition will be overwhelmed and will be unwary. It will all be over soon. <laughs> like, how do you as an expansion team go out and publish this? Ah, dude, that's, that, is my, that is my main point here is that there are so many mascots and so many names that we already know teams as so they've got to get creative they've got to in in entice new things and bring new things to the party and this is something we've never seen before right a sea monster like you had you had to go somewhere way the hell out of the box to even get that way and and i think that already shows kind of the mentality of that that kind of how that office is going to be run out there and you know They've got. They're gonna have all new people, all new technology, and everything like that to work with. So they're gonna hit the ground running and be everybody's favorite team all of a sudden. It's unapologetically ironic. That's how I see it. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of ironic uh, team names, how about that Washington football team there? So, CBD. Right. So there, I have like two sides to this coin. The first side is. The, I think it's really cool that they put the numbers on the helmets. I think like I like that. I like it. I think that like they don't really have a lot to play for right now. Let's be real. Like that is a dumpster fire if there ever was one. But like they they what what I, what is inexcusable is that they need to think of a team name. I mean I understand that there's a lot of capital that goes in behind that. And there's a lot of money that it takes to like like fulfill something of that nature, but. To file like, a copyright. Yeah, like everything like that. I, I don't I'm not gonna pretend to know like the ins and outs of copyrights and like how to come up with a brand new team name. I think it's about time that they did something about it, but like they gotta come up with something soon and I think that it's very cool that they put the numbers on the helmets. I think that like I don't want every NFL team to do that. I think that it's cool that they're doing it. I think that they need something to play for, and I think like putting a little personal touch is cool. I, I'm glad they did that, but they're gonna suck this year. Go Pats! <laughs> is the end of my my state my statement on that matter. I view this rebranding as a shallow attempt to elongate this transition to becoming PC and trying to push merch. Because as soon as they announced this, they had face masks and beanies and shirts and jerseys for sale. And this is only just a placeholder. But mm. um, when they do settle on this name, they're going to have to, I think they're going to have to compensate some DC area guy who filed trademarks for about 20 Washington football names. That is incredible. Such a smart move, but like such a dick move, right? Like <laughs> Allegedly, he had good intentions doing it, saying that he didn't want anybody else to grab them before he did. But so I just don't get the see money. this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that he could give it to the team himself. But, exactly. 
Let's go Warhog. How, how do you not plan for this if you're going to change your name? Well, I and I did see knew. that. I really don't that, think they No, knew. Dan Snyder had, like, I think it was the red, not maybe not the red. He had one name, like, trademarked, and it went into, like, it lapsed or whatever, like, in March. Oh, like, he had shit. it for yeah. years, yeah, like, just in case. That. And then all of a sudden it, it lapsed and it and he lost the trademark. I mean, I think okay, another conversation that's probably going to come up is that there may or may not be a few other teams that are in the same realm of maybe one. Do for a name change, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Indians. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to name. I'm not going to name them all, but there are some that I feel like people would just kind of ignore. I personally like. I'm not personally offended by it. So I mean. I just like I would be I would more I'm more personally offended that they suck so bad. Like if I'm a Redskins, <laughs> if I'm a sorry Washington Football Club team, I'd be like change the name of the sports or, or change the name of the sport, change the name of the team so I can get a fresh start. Like you know, shake it up a little bit so I can support something completely new because it wasn't working before. I mean, again, I'm biased. The Patriots suck for years, and then Tom Brady and Bill Belichick happened, so I'm in no position to say anything. However, I think it's a reasonable argument to be like, hey, let's we need we need a blank slate here. For sure. And uh, there will be plenty more football talk coming up on the next podcast. Uh, so, Ev, you want to give us a little preview of what we're going to be talking about uh, on the next show? Yes, absolutely. So... I don't want to waste everyone's time, and especially ours, about talking about like a cap by cap ep- like episode of every football game that's ever going to be played. However, I think this season is going to be interesting. They recently just got rid of the NFL preseason, which I mean, I'll miss it, but I want to I want to see a football season, and I kind of want to just do a deep dive on everything that is football because it's July. Like it's when by the time that that episode comes out, it's gonna be August, and August is like that. It's like the flight before you get to vacation. You're gonna spend yep. that entire flight thinking about like, oh my god, I can't wait to go to the beach. I can't wait to go before the way over. I can't wait to go. You know, I can't wait to go to the bar. I can't wait to go see this, that, and the other thing. Like, I'm I'm just really excited for football. I'm excited for football every year. Football is my sport. I promise I won't spend the entire time talking about the Patriots, but I'm gonna talk about everything interesting. And I know that everybody here is excited for football. And I think there's a lot of things that are going to be interesting this season. And I think that we're in for another, like, I think this is going to be the birth of, like, the next great era of football. So, like, we're going to see a realm of talent that I don't think any of us have seen in years. Like, where there's not going to be just one team and another team that are consistently going to be in it and in it and in it as far as the postseason, like I think it's going to get real. I think it's going to get real, real contentious where you're not going to see like, you're not going to see any team. that's going to be an absolute shit storm you're, when you're not, when you're not going to see any team that's like, Oh my God, like the chiefs are going to be so good this year. I think they got some losses coming their way. So I think like, I'm looking forward to that discussion. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think. And uh, that's my spiel. Can't wait for next week. Good deal. Do our- Let's do our uh, first real segment here. Hopefully we can get some sponsors in the future. So, uh, you know, and some beer companies reach out. But beer review of the week brought to you by absolutely nobody. Um, so one beer I've been drinking this week is the new Blue Moon Light Sky. 
Ooh. It is a citrus wheat brewed with tangerine peel, and it's only 95 calories. It tastes like Blue Moon with all the, without all the regret that you get after and all the bloating. It's, I'd give it 8.5 out of 10. I might have to go get me some of that because that sounds like something I need. <laughs> oh, no, it's real good. It's like the Michelob Ultra of craft beers, and I say craft with parentheses, but air quotes. Um, air quotes, air quotes. So I'm a craft beer guy. I'm going to go next. Uh, so on Sunday, I met up with some friends down in Fayetteville, go Razorbacks, and we got on some scooters and went to a couple local breweries. So my beer of the week is the Fossil Cove T-Rex on Peaches. Okay. So, let me tell Those you are just Fossil Cove, I like that. Fossil Cove is so goddamn good. Like, it is it sounds good. So, let me, so we, get, we get there, and, like, so this is Arkansas, right? Like, it's hot. It's, and it's, it's, like, 8.30 on a Sunday, so it's, it's no, we're no stranger to the heat at this point. So we get here, and I was, like, I was sitting with my friend Miles. He was, like, oh, by the way, you want a T-Rex on peaches. And I was, like, that is just a – I'm, I'm, I'm a very big – craft beer guy but the names that they name these beers after is just like the incredible hell? just like did you explode you know when you know when it's a bunch of random words for an ipa it's gonna be good <laughs> well i mean bill burr made a great point where he's like the it's just super hoppy beers that have these names like i'll slap your asshole ale like it just make sense. <laughs> they just put a sounds pretty good though yeah right that's, that's, right. So this T-Rex on peaches, <laughs> it's a 10% IPA. Holy that, cow. That's the, I mean, it's, it's wow. as hot. It's, it's not too hoppy. It goes down like too smooth. And it's essentially like, it's, it's, if you had like a Sierra Nevada torpedo IPA, but put like the slightest hint of peach in it and it goes down like dangerously smooth. I'm going to give it like, I'm probably going to go nine, two on that. It is so good. So good. Can you ship me up some? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll get some. I'm gonna see you guys. Say, by you, the way, I'm you coming sold home. Me. I'm coming home on uh, after vacation. I'm coming home for a day. I'll, I'll uh, we got we got to catch up. I love that. Love to see you. All right, so cool. Beer of the week. My beer of the week uh, is not anything quite new, but uh, it's good for the baseball season starting up. The Carbach Crawford Bach. It's the uh, it's on the can. It's got like the the star the starburst like the old Astros jerseys, and uh, it's great. Wow. It's a it's a great ten point uh, when you're sitting there in Minute Maid Park watching watching a game and uh, drinking the beer. But we we probably won't experience that this year. But that looks delicious. All it's right, pretty so awesome. we have one more segment. My question. My question Evan's random question of the day. All right. This is not a real thing that happened to me, but I thought about it and I want to know. Hypothetical situation. Yes. So let's say let's say you let's say you're living with a roommate and you guys both oh like boy. nuts. Like I'm not talking about balls, I'm talking about like nuts. So like Thanks. so for example, so let's say me and Scott are living together and I like mixed nuts. Scott only likes almonds. So let's say in the cupboard or the pantry, whatever you want to call it, you have a bag of almonds, and then I have a plastic container of mixed nuts that happen to also have almonds in them. So let's say I like the mixed nuts, but I don't like the almonds. Scott only likes almonds. So what I do is I only eat every other nut in the mixed nut container, and then would it be a Give big him the move? Almonds. Without him, without him knowing, 
would it be a dick move if I just took all of the almonds and then just put them in the bag of Scott's, like, Scott's almond bag? Would that be weird, and would it be a dick move, or would it be, like, helping out a friend? It depends how many almonds are in the bag. Because if you're going to supply a lot, I mean, I think that that makes it okay. It's going to be a lot. It would be a lot of almonds. It would be a lot. Because if you're going to fill up your friend, I mean, I think that's good intentions. Right. That's what However, I'm I think it's. I think it's always a good thing. How is it? I mean, I see well, where it's if, like kind of extra leftover almonds, but I, I don't want almonds and you want almonds. I'm going to give you the almonds. But here's the <laughs> thing, though. What if, Are they crusty almonds, though? What? No, not at all. What if... What if the almonds in the mixed nut are like more salted than the bag of almonds? Ooh. And what if you have high blood pressure? What, right, that's what I'm saying. So like, and let's also say that um, they're different name brands, like completely different. So name they're gonna brands. taste different, like emerald yeah. versus blue almond. Yes, that's exactly that is exactly whatever. it. Yes, yes. Are some gone, so, some not? I guess the moral of the story is to ask if they just want the almonds. Yeah. But also, like, I don't like almonds at all, and I wanted to get rid of a lot of almonds. So, I was, so this is that, like, Jess likes almonds, I don't like almonds, and I eat mixed nuts. And I wanted to be like, hey, do you want these almonds? And then she would have been like, no. So then I wanted to be like, well, I don't even want to see them. So I was just going to put them in the bag without her knowing. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I just wanted to know if it would have been, if I would have, it would have been, like, freaking moved by me if I had done that. No, it's not a dick move. This hypothetical situation that I'm totally going to do it, I need to know if it's okay to do. Right. It's just actually, yeah. yeah, this hypothetical seems very real. Yeah, it, it, it's real. It's real. It is, that is very real. Yeah. So is the end of this podcast. This has been a great show, I think. Uh, I'm looking forward to releasing this to the public and having people listen to it. So any final thoughts, boys, on uh, this July 24th? Can't wait to watch them ball. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. Can't wait. Yep. Let's go, Red Sox. Let's go. Good show. Let's go, Sox. We'll catch you next week. Be safe. Have a good weekend. We'll check. Peace and love.